Hello, you are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. If you're into biohacking, performance, or getting more out of life, this is the show for you. For more on building optimal performance, check out our blog that has recently moved from OptimalPerformance.com to NaturalStacks.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. In some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage. Natural stack. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And you guys, that is co-founder of Natural Stacks, Roy Krebs. Roy, say hello. 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 So if you guys are listening, we're going to try something a little bit different today. Uh, less of me interviewing a guest and more of Roy and I talking about some things that are going on in the supplement nootropics biohacking world, as well as answering some questions and, and being a little bit more interactive and engaging with you guys, the audience. So make sure you shoot me an email, ryan at naturalstacks.com, or leave us a comment on the blog on the YouTube video, uh, anywhere that you consume this information. Let us know how you like this format. Uh, like I said, we're going to try this, uh, make it a little bit different. And if you like it, we'll do more of this, maybe once a month, a QA. and uh, a Maybe I answer your questions once an episode, whatever that might be. So you guys let us know. Your feedback is going to really help us shape this going forward. Um, so the reason that we wanted to start this this week is that last weekend, the Natural Stacks team was at Natural Products Expo West. It is the largest natural foods expo in the world. There were over 3,000 vendors, 77,000 people in attendance. It was a zoo. It was amazing. It was really, really cool. And if, if you ever get a chance to go, we highly recommend it. So we want to talk a little bit today about what we saw and kind of let you live vicariously through us and and you know, see what it was like to be there. So, uh, Roy, what do you, what would you like to say about it? Yeah, first it's just massive. It's hectic and, uh, very stimulating. Lots of things going on. What's interesting is there's 600 new companies represented this year, companies that haven't been there before. So these are up and coming companies that are, are looking at the trends and trying to develop something new and, and creating their own niche in the space. So with so many new companies, it's great to see you know, how they're branding, what their ideas are for a new product. Um, most of them are in the food space, the natural food space, but also a bunch of supplements represented as well. And it, it's great to see that mix and, and just what's new and, and what's, what people are feeling res responsive to. Yeah, Ben made a really good point. Our other co-founder saying that you know what we actually see there is is the shift from processed foods to natural foods the, that has driven the growth of, for example, Whole Foods or Erewhon markets in LA. Uh, it is trickling down to the larger, the the more chain grocery stores, and that's something that kind of early adapters like our audience has to. We you, know, you can't help but but be pleased to see more of that becoming mainstream. Yeah, it was great. I, I think probably every single new vendor out there was, was vegan, organic, paleo, every certification you can get, non-GMO. Um, 
of course, there's some great beef jerky and, and stuff out there that's not vegan, but uh, everything has a strong focus on sourcing, <clears throat> uh, sourcing traceability is all very important. So when you say traceability, what do you mean or what comes to your mind when you say that? It seems that that the products have a strong focus on, on okay, what are the ingredients? And usually there's only a few. Where do they come from? And that's the messaging that a lot of these companies are starting to put across, which is great. And it, that's what we care about. You know, what's in the product and how do we know that this is legit and it's not ultra-processed and um, made in a way that isn't the most optimal for us. Right. And, you know, when you say that, one of the companies that comes to my mind is, you, know, you already mentioned jerky. So Epic Bar, Epic Provisions. I mean, that's one that we know when we eat that we're getting grass fed meat. We know that they control the ranch for the most part, all of the animals, you know, except for maybe the salmon that goes into their products, they're controlling that from start to finish. Um, and they're actually, one of the cool things that we saw out there at the conference was that they are they're going on a, this nose to tail movement where they're starting to use the entire animal so not only are they putting the meat in protein bars or jerky but they're now going to have um, bone broths in jars that will be available for the public they're going to have uh, duck fat and other lard or tallow uh, that are trying to get the entire animal out to the market yeah, it's great. It's great to see them thinking that way. And, and they were actually recently purchased by General Mills. Um, but they're staying true to their roots and, and expanding their product line in a way that makes sense. So it's, it's great to see that. And they do, they do an awesome job of telling their story and the story of the products. And, and again, sourcing, where did this stuff come from? Is it sustainable? Things like that. What I thought was interesting is that I really didn't see many products or, or dietary supplements focused on brain health or performance that did seem to be a, a lacking area i mean i don't think i don't think most people would walk in there saying and realize the way we would that that it was a void but that certainly stood out to all of us that you know, th that really wasn't an area being targeted right and there's there's always the basic stuff for for energy or for relaxation and those little energy shots or or something that's supposed to make you feel some vitality or, or, or also rest and sleep and relax. But there's nothing that takes it a step further that's how do I actually improve cognition or, or function or focus mental performance. So it, it's cool to see that, that we're in that space and we're doing that. And I think it's going to continue to be that trend. And, and we'll see next year when we show up to see if there's, there's more people focusing on that. Yeah. And we'll be one of them, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So come see us at Expo West next year. Exactly. So uh, what else stood out to you? Any other brands or companies that we came across that were uh, innovating? Well, there were a lot. And I think just major trends. Uh, of course, there's, there's so many different types of beef jerky out there now. It's, it was almost becoming a joke. Um, so we, you know, try a bunch and see what it is, but it's so much competition in this space. They're really almost all the same. Um, so that was kind of, it seemed like a flooded market there. Uh, things like, like trail mixes and paleo bars and, um, those kind of seem overplayed. 
and and certain drinks, uh, variations on water. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff like that out there. So there were a few things that really stood out. Um, I think one was there seemed to be more focus on gut health, which is great. Lots of probiotics, of course, but then also on the food side, fermented foods, sauerkraut, uh, kimchi. There was quite a lot of those companies out there that seemed like they had just gotten off the ground and were doing pretty well. That was really cool. Uh, when I travel, I'm always worried about being able to get enough vegetables and, and to keep that, you know, the routine that I have at home in place or as close to in place as possible. So uh, I'll just, you know this because you were there, but for everybody listening, I just walked up and down the aisles all day both days we were there and ate as much kimchi and sauerkraut as I could <laughs> so I can stay on track. But uh, it, it was it was really cool to see that. So um, all of our favorite sauerkraut and kimchi brands were there and they were uh, unveiling new flavors. Um, uh, I think it's is it Mothers in the Raw or, or one of those brands had a flavor that I've never tried. It was a white kimchi. Um, I'm not a fan of the spice in kimchi, so this one was uh, without the red pepper. It's basically kimchi without the spice, so that was really good. Um, farmhouse culture was another good one. I think we got Ben hooked on that. Yes, we did. Yeah. So while, great to see. while we're on that topic, can you elaborate? I, I think there's a little confusion for some people between the difference of prebiotics and probiotics. Sure. So, so to make it really simple. Prebiotics are food for probiotics. And if you're ingesting the right prebiotics, which are resistant starch, um, certain star starchy tubers and, and things like that, they act as food for your probiotic. And if you're ingesting these prebiotics on, on a regular basis, you're gonna you're gonna build this culture of good bacteria in your gut that are feeding off those prebiotics. So you're basically supercharging your probiotics and it helps get rid of the bad probiotics and also increase the number of good probiotics in your system, such as uh, bifidobacteria and, and what's the other one? Lactobacteria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how uh, most sauerkraut's made through that lacto fermentation. Right? Yeah, so that's super, super simple breakdown, but you need both. And and probiotics themselves are really delicate and th really the best way to get them in your system is through fermented foods. In a supplemental form, it's, it's really tricky. Uh, heat processing of any kind can, can damage and kill a lot of those active live probiotics. So it's best to have some fermented food or things like that and then supplement that with prebiotics. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the, the, the delicacy of probiotics and i think a lot of people think hey even if i'm getting it out of the refrigerator at the vitamin store then you know i'm safe but what what we don't know what we can't control is the process from manufacturer to that refrigeration unit in the store so how long was it in the warehouse how long was it in the truck what was the temperature you know if, if you're transporting across the country in august uh, odds are by the time it reaches the refrigerator, it, it's not the product that you think you're getting. Exactly. Constantly heated and then cold and then heat and cold again. And, and those are active live bacteria in there that are, are very delicate. That's why with things like kimchi and sauerkraut, that's continuing to ferment and continuing to build those bacteria even when it's sitting in your fridge. So 
So that's really the best place to get that. Yeah, and I think both of us follow that protocol, eating fermented vegetables daily, taking prebiotic, the resistant starch complex at night for optimal gut health. Yeah, I've, I've been doing that for maybe six or nine months now, and I've been eating kimchi every day for lunch and then also sometimes at dinner. And the resistance starts in the afternoon and the evening. And, and really, I do feel better. Um, I'm, I'm more regular. And, and I feel like I, my body composition is, is more on this kind of even keel. Yeah, I would have to say I've noticed the same thing. Um, and you just mentioned bacteria. So I, I've got to jump to another um, booth. And, and some people that we found very interesting is the Mother Dirt folks. Yeah, totally interesting concept. Totally interesting concept. So these guys are are spraying live bacteria uh, onto your skin as a form of of soap. So it's it's kind of the anti soap soap uh, <laughs> spraying dirt on yourself. And uh, but it's you start talking with this lady, and and there's an amazing amount of research behind this thing. It's been in R and D for ten years, uh, heavily funded, and and I think they're on the verge of, of something really cool here. Yeah, we actually, if, if you guys are listening, go back to, I, I believe it was podcast 18. We had Paul Jaminet on who uh, wrote The Perfect Health Diet. He is affiliated somehow with, with these guys. And he actually was the first to tell us about it. And the spray, the bacteria spray is uh, AOBs, um, ammonia oxidizing bacteria. And it helps convert the bacteria uh, or the sweat into nitric oxide. Um, so it was really interesting to hear him talk about it. But like, like you said, Roy, we got to run in, we got to the run down from Robin at the conference and we, we learned something interesting about the company's founder. He hasn't showered in 18 or 13 years, 13 years. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Just been spraying bacteria on himself and apparently he's still alive and, and well, <laughs> So, and he and the, the chief scientist are our, uh, Harvard, MIT people. I mean, they're, they're really, really intelligent people. Um, and, um, you know, I guess drop a hint for you guys listening. We actually are, are talking with them next week to line up a podcast with them. So we'll have them on. We'll be able to dive a little bit deeper into that um, and bring you all of the uh, information there on bathing, showering, and covering yourself in bacteria. Yeah, I'm interested to learn a little more about that science as well. You know, I know it's supposed to be killing the ammonia so that you don't get the smell. Um, but, you know, what else is it doing and how does it really keep your skin clean? And I think they have a shampoo too, right? They have a shampoo and a cleanser. Um, I think your your description was perfect. It's the anti-soap soap. Yeah. Right. Well, that's yeah, it's super cool. And it's it's good to see things like that come up because rather than just a standard uh, cold brew coffee or, or beef jerky or a nut butter. There was all kinds of nut butters there. It's like, wow, these guys are doing something super innovative and mm -hmm. they're getting some, some press and traction. And, and this is what's, what's cool to see at events like this. Yeah, you're right. Those, the, the booths that were different, that were doing things that nobody else was doing, uh, those were really cool. Um, there was another one along that line, uh, Fatco, or formerly Fat Face. They've just recently... Uh, change their name. Uh, but that's another nose to tail use of the animal where they're taking the tallow, creating skincare, uh, 
beauty or hygiene products that are chemical free, made from animals. Um, you know, nobody else there was doing that. Right. Simple product and it works, right? You've been using that. Yeah. I, I, that's what I use for their deodorant. It's called Stank Stop. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and, and they've got a whole line. They've got, uh, they've got lip balms and, and, you know, face moisturizers. Uh, that's another podcast that we may actually try to set up and bring people because uh, we talked about that with Andy on our podcast where um, if, if our listeners go, if you just go into your bathroom and you look at the ingredients on the, the products that you put on your skin every single day, I mean, your skin's your largest organ and you're smearing chemicals onto it. Uh, that are getting absorbed into your body every single day. So I think in the world of biohacking, um, most areas are, are kind of exhausted or covered. And, and I think skincare and, and products like that is an area that is overlooked by a lot of people. No, you're right. I think there's a lot of room for our industry to grow there. And I like Ant, uh, Andy Nilo's concept is he wouldn't put it on his skin if he wouldn't eat it, right? Right. And... And that's a cool way to think about it. And I think we'll see more products coming in that direction. And from from a dietary supplement company like us, it's it's interesting that minerals in particular are best absorbed transdermally. Transdermally, mm-hmm. um, that's why flow tanks are so effective with the Epsom salt. And so I, I've been experimenting a little bit with magnesium oil and, and creams. And seeing if we can fit that into the product line and some interesting things we could do there. So that's, it's an area of research that, that I want to keep looking into. Yeah, especially with uh, the mag team that's in our mag tech as, as bioavailable as it is, as powerful as it is. I mean, that's one that if we can increase the absorption, you could see even more benefit. Right. Right. So we're going to keep looking into that. All right. What other ideas uh, sparked you or, or did, did you come away with saying, hey, we should, we should look into this, we should do this? Well, I was talking to a lot of suppliers. Um, you know, we have great suppliers in place for, for example, our krill oil and, and a lot of our minerals and, and some of our herbs. But always talking to new suppliers and, and kind of getting their angle and, and, and why they think their product is, is different or unique. And a lot of times, you know, we don't learn anything new, but it's, it's just good to get that perspective. And it's, it's interesting, um, how some manufacturers will, will position their product different than another manufacturer, but it's actually a very similar thing. Or, uh, there's this whole debate, uh, particularly with medicinal mushrooms, functional mushrooms, which I've been doing some research into recently, chaga and, and reishi, lion's mane, uh, cordyceps. There's this debate going on between the, the extracts and the, the whole concentrate supplements. Mm-hmm. So you have the supplement that's made from the entire mushroom that's uh, milled down into a, a dietary supplement that's kind of a whole spectrum complete supplement. And then on the other side, they have these supplements that are, are very exact extracts that are going after a certain active component in that mushroom. And those folks are saying, you know, that's how you get a really a lot of effect out of this product. Whereas the other folks are saying it's not a full spectrum. Mushrooms have all these synergistic ingredients and, and you need all of them working in conjunction and, and you're going to have more of a, a full body effect. So it, it's interesting to look at the research, which there really isn't that much research in the mushroom world. And then trying to make those thoughts for yourself. Okay, which one is more effective or 
or perhaps it needs to be a mix of both to really get what you're really going after. Yeah. So for you guys listening, if you're not aware of how natural stacks operates, uh, Abelard is a product creator and, and so is Roy. And, and you're, you're kind of hearing Roy's thought process of, of how our products are created and you see the thought and the, the research that goes into them. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that we're able to bring to market products that we're so proud of. Um, you know, so Roy, I know that, that weighing that uh, mushroom decision was a big part of your weekend. And I mean, it just, it, it almost sounds like there's a civil war in the mushroom world. You know, you've got these two sides and both are adamant about, you know, their stance being the correct one. I mean, how do you, how do you decide this one's right? And, you know, this is, you know, if we wanted to make a mushroom product, this is the side that we would choose. Sure. And I haven't decided yet. And, and I, I, we are looking into creating some mushroom products and, and it's something that I'll be looking at really closely. I think, I think the most important thing that was a takeaway is, is that we want an organic product, especially for mushrooms. A lot of the stuff coming from China has, has shown high levels of, of metal toxicity. And absolutely, that's something that we don't even want to question. We want to make sure this stuff is from the sourcing from the get-go. You know, it's a fungus, so it has to be grown in a very controlled setting to get exactly the properties of that particular fungus without any interference. So that was the biggest takeaway is that we're looking for a, a USA grown organic product. And then in terms of the extract versus the whole spectrum supplement, that's something that I'm still looking at and it might differ between product because um, they're extracting down to a certain active component and perhaps in certain products, if we're going for a certain effect, we may want more of that. Whereas in another product, if it's like an immunity product, it might be more important to have the full spectrum. Or in certain cases, maybe a combination of both. So that's something that we're playing with. All right. All right. That's exciting. I, I know I can't wait. I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to it. We've already had quite a few comments. People are, are anxiously awaiting. So, so yeah, there's some interesting, interesting things in the mushroom world that, that aren't available with, with typical herbs, vitamins, or minerals. Yeah. And, and it's, it's going to be fun to explore in that space for sure. Definitely. Now you mentioned cold brew earlier. There was a lot of coffee, uh, at the expo. We got to try a couple of new ones and a couple of old favorites. Um, I was really pumped that we got to run into the caveman coffee uh, crew. Uh, I've had some interaction with them before, but we've never met in person. That was cool. Those guys are amazing. They're awesome. Uh, we had a blast hanging out with them. Yeah, definitely very authentic guys, and they're they're very passionate about their coffee, and and their coffee tastes great. But what was what was cool to me was their herba mate. They're coming out with this new herba mate uh, that they had on the tap, and I think they're putting into to cans. But completely pure product, no no sugar or any additives or anything like that. Just but the taste they were able to get out of that was was outstanding. Yeah, and I think we may be able to get them on the show at a future time as well to to have them talk about it when it launches. But I, I believe that it was a nitro. Their nitro coffee has been a big hit, and the the nitro that they add in the tap gives the coffee and now the tea a, just a thicker mouthfeel without having to add anything else. They had a hibiscus tea that was awesome as well. Yeah, exactly. It was almost foamy, and it seemed a little 
thicker than just normal tea in it. But yeah, it tastes great. And I think uh, Keith was saying that, that he got the the main idea from Tim Ferriss, who who we know is very adamant about urban mate being his favorite drink and favorite cognitive booster. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it is a very defined effect, completely different than coffee or, or green tea even. And, and that's something that I want to start experimenting more with. Yeah, he actually, he had me inspired to do the same. Um, I'm drinking coffee today, but I, right. you know, Keith is, he said that he's been drinking Urban Mate in the mornings instead of coffee. And he said for for about a week, it was kind of a cumulative effect through that first week. Um, and, you know, after that, he's like, man, this is it. This is what I want to do. So, uh, it's it's, interesting yeah it's it's just really cool to hear different people's different morning routines and what works and you know how they kind of get into the zone there um before we get off of the coffee topic we made a stop to the bulletproof cafe we did yes so bulletproof is a brand that that has always been you know good to us we've been good to them and, and really enjoyed their coffee as well so we had to see the mecca see the shop it was really cool to see what dave has been able to create there um tons of you know, like-minded people hanging out. Uh, and I know I can say that if I lived close to one, I'd be there every day. Yeah, it was really cool to see. And you're right, it was busy and, and you could tell there was very healthy people there. But the the space he created is very nice. And, and, and I think the process of ordering, and it's all very comfortable. They bring the food out to you. You know, it's not, there's not much clutter going on. And, and the way that you can tell there's a lot of focus on the food and how they cook it and and where it's sourced and the menu isn't very complicated there's maybe 10 things on there but yeah (laughs) you and i tried as many as we could (laughs) i think we ordered seven or eight things uh to try it all out and it it was all great um it was the the food was excellent in particular the the ice cream the the get some ice cream that dave puts together was was quite a bit better than i had expected actually yeah, it was, it was really cool. I guess um, I was shocked to see it in, it was almost like when you walk into a 7-Eleven and the Slurpee machine is spinning around, instead of being horizontal, theirs was vertical, but that ice cream was just churning the whole time and it was, you know, smooth, creamy. I mean, it tasted like real ice cream. I never would have known that it was like a healthy recipe. It was hard not to order. I think it was only 11 a.m. when we were there, but <laughs> we had to start off with a little ice cream. Yeah, we had to. So, and uh, let's see, what... You, they had all kinds of breakfasts and, and protein bowls, um, you know, it, it Steak, was, salmon. Yeah. It was almost like if you've read the Bulletproof diet book or the Bulletproof recipe book, it was just, you know, imagine being able to order anything out of there and, and have it prepared and handed to you. Right. And, and even just a cup of bone broth, you know, you can order that. Yeah. yeah very cool to see. And I, I think he's working on opening a couple other stores, which, which will be great. And, it's impressive what he's done with this brand and it's something that we look up to. For sure. Another guy that, that we got to run into again um, who has done a lot with his brand in the paleo world is Mark Sisson. Right. Great guy. Um, I love Mark. He, he's very authentic and, and he'll shoot it to you straight. Uh, certain products or other products that he does or does not like. And he's been doing really well with his, his uh, mayo, his avocado oil-based mayo product. And now he has three or four different flavors. And, and that's a cool product. I have some in my fridge uh, that I use with artichokes. Mm-hmm. And it really tastes just like mayo or even not better. 
Um, and I know he's doing really well with that. And I saw that he's expanding into some new products, just released a, a protein bar based with collagen. And what I thought was interesting that rather than just using like cashews or almonds, like other companies, he added actually peanuts or pumpkin seeds, mm-hmm. which was cool. And it, it actually tastes pretty good. Um, yeah, that was a good bar. It, and, you know, my hope for that is that it can do for the bar world what his mayo did, you know, in, in that kind of market. Um, it, it's, it's a tougher world. You know, there's a lot of bars out there. <laughs> it's definitely more saturated than the healthy mayo. <laughs> yeah. But, but like we said, you know, hopefully these trends continue and that those things get out there more. Yeah, I will second that. Um, so let's and then tiger nuts too. We, we yeah, saw nuts were there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, which were super cool. And if if you guys aren't familiar, it's those. It's a weed plant that's grown in Africa and the Middle East, and and it's it's a tuber. So it's grown underneath the ground, and there's these tiny little. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a nut. Um, they they look like nuts, but they're they're actually tubers. They're they're shriveled. Uh, like a like a dried raisin, but hard. Uh, they they have that shriveled raisin look, but they're hard. Yeah, they look very attractive, but but they actually taste pretty good. I'd say I wouldn't say great, and and then now have a new version that has a lot of peel taken off, which it's a little bit less chewy and more approachable. I'd say, <laughs> the, but, but that's a a cool product and and very high in resistant starch. Yeah, it's, a, it's about 50% uh, resistant starch. Uh, yeah, that's super high. I think even um, you know our banana flour we use is about 30 40% max. Um, so to have something that potent in resistant starch and small little little punch like that is awesome. I've been taking those. Uh, they're, they're very portable, and I've actually been taking them. Like The weather's starting to break, and we've been hiking a lot uh, lately, so I just throw those in a uh, Ziploc bag and put it in my pocket and I just eat those and some nuts while I'm hiking. And yeah, good source of energy too, fat and, and some sugars in there. Yep. yep. I, I've, I've kind of always dreamt of putting together an, an ultimate trail mix and I'd like to put a few tiger nuts in there. What, what other ingredients would go in Roy's ultimate trail mix? I'm still working on it daily basically, but I like macadamians. Yeah. And I'd probably throw a couple of Bulletproof's truffled espresso beans in there. Yes, those are amazing. Those are great. Um, I think three or four, maybe five, just high-quality ingredients like that, but a mix, right? So you have this resistant starch content. You have this this great fat from macadamias and, and some chocolate and things like that. Maybe Nat- someday. It could be natural snacks. Natural snacks <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> So before we shift gears into Q&A, I want to just pause, kind of do a public service announcement, tell you guys listening, make sure you head over to naturalstacks.com to see the video version of this, get the show notes. We'll have links to all of the brands that we're talking about, any of the studies or anything else that we mentioned going forward in the Q&A. That's a great place to drop your questions if you want to get your question answered um, by me on a show or by Roy and I on a future Q&A if that's the way we decide to go forward with this. And if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. Um, We've got a couple of new ones that we want to read. Um, So here's one from Spence 
A. Um, yep, hands down, best podcast out there. Super easy to follow, soothing in the ears. Everything is broken down so you can understand. The topics are freaking awesome. Keep up the good work. Um, he says, yep, subscribe. It's that good. Great podcast, very informative. The guests are awesome. Here's another one from Cousin Burley. That's a cool name. Uh, <laughs> love the diversity of guests, information you can use, and the latest in biohacking and nootropics. Um, love Natural Stacks and love this podcast. So thank you, guys. Make sure you uh, head over and, and let us know. Leave us a review. Um, that's how we know what you like and what to do more of, uh, and we can make this you know the podcast that, that is your go-to resource. Um, so yeah, that's the goal. And recently, we've seen a lot of questions come in, so... I wanted to get with Ryan on the podcast and help answer some of those. And, and hopefully if that's a format that you guys like, we'll continue that. So for you guys listening, in our small, tight-knit team, we know Roy is, is an incredible cook. And this is a perfect question for, for Roy to answer. So um, we've been asked uh, about cooking methods, reducing carcinogens, and uh, advanced glycation in products that can occur with uh, overcooking meat or cooking at high temperatures. Um, so we're going to let Chef Master Chef Roy take that one and uh, give us some advice. Yeah, you're not so bad. You're chef, chef yourself. I some some broiling techniques and everything else I saw last weekend. Um, well, I love to barbecue, and I like just being outside and and getting some some of that smell, some of the smoke. But as you know, that the high heat when you're putting that meat on the grill can cause some carcinogens, and it's something that that we're conscious of and always trying to reduce that in any way we can. So the the first thing is just not to overcook the meat, and you know you get a little bit of that barbecue char, but but not too much and, and try to, you know, keep the meat as intact as possible without flaming it. But there are some interesting things you can do and, and seasonings and spices you can use to really mitigate the, the negative effects of a high heat cooking like barbecuing. And my favorite is rosemary. And if you, if you look around and, and do a little research, there's actually some very substantial research showing that rosemary, which contains rosemarinic acid, can greatly reduce the amount of carcinogens created from cooking at a high temperature. And it's been shown that the higher concentration of rosemary, the rosemarinic acid, the greater reduction of that, and in some cases up to 90%. So it almost completely eliminates the harm of cooking at a high heat if you're using a lot of rosemary or getting a lot of that rosemaric acid in there. And there's also been um, some marinades combining garlic and onion has been shown to be a similar effect. I don't think quite as strong as rosemary, but some things that, that I like to do personally is, is either make a marinade and use a lot of rosemary and garlic and onions and, and turmeric, which is other antioxidants help as well. And let it marinate for a long time. Or the other way I like to do it is, is to make a dry rub with um, Himalayan salt and, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll take the, the rosemary leaves off the sprig and dice it up super fine and, and mix it in with some salt and some other spices. I like to use a little cayenne and then really rub that deep into the meat and you almost get this layer of, of you know, rosemary and salt and everything on the outside that protects it even further and, 
and creates a great little crust and, and flavor for the meat, obviously. All right. You guys listening have no idea what kind of secret you just heard because <laughs> we've been bugging Roy for two years to explain to us his, his secret uh, dry rub. And, and I'm, I'm not sure that was 100% of the ingredients. But that was like 80%. Yeah, you, guys, I don't... <laughs> you guys got more than anybody has ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And I, I highly recommend it. And, and even if you're doing something delicate like, um, like a filet mignon, a, a small little filet of steak, you can just put the whole rosemary sprig on the bottom mm-hmm. underneath the steak where it, where it would be on the grill. And, and it helps infuse that rosemary into the steak, and it also helps with the lower, significantly lower the carcinogens that we've been talking about. Something else interesting about rosemary is, is that rosemary and acid um, – helps slow the breakdown of GABA. So it keeps a, a higher elevated amount of GABA in your brain, which which has calming properties. And and maybe that's why it just naturally smells so good. And, and it, it just seems like like a great nutrient to, to use. And to, to use, especially in something like this, when you're, you're helping reduce some damage. All right. You said the magic word, GABA. So on behalf of all of the questions that have been sent in, do we have an ETA for GABA brain food? Yeah, I looked at the questions. I think that was half of the questions. <laughs> When's GABA coming out? GABA brain food will be out really soon. Uh, I'll, I'll say about six weeks, uh, if not less. So and it's it's in the works. It's already in production. We already have the final formula. We won't share all of that yet, but it's it's coming out soon, and, and we're really excited about it. People that have been playing with the other brain food products, dopamine and serotonin, are anxious to get their hands on this one and, and really get a, f- a more full spectrum on what they can do with tinkering with their neurotransmitters. So you just you, you already mentioned one of the ingredients, the uh, the rosemary acid. <laughs> okay, well you, there you go. <laughs> that is one of the ingredients. Yes, and and that helps GABA stay in our system longer. Right. right. It's, it slows the breakdown of, of GABA. So, so this formula, which is, is simple yet also very all-inclusive, has ingredients to promote the production of GABA, to slow the breakdown of GABA, and then also help the absorption of GABA to get into the blood-brain barrier. Okay. Which, in general, uh, if you look at our whole line of dietary supplements, we're we're always looking at what's out there and, and what are the most effective nutrients and, and what are the effects that we're trying to get. But then how do we make this product better and how do we improve upon what's already on the market? Because there are products out there, but, but we're, we're always looking to make something more effective and how do you make it better? And normally the, the one thing that, that is the problem with anything out there already is absorption. And that, so that's really a focus of ours is, is how do you make this nutrient better absorbed? How do you get it into your system, into your brain more effectively so that you can experience the, the full benefits of the product? So, you know, our, our magnesium, we're using magnesium threonate, which has been shown to get into the brain and other highly bioavailable types of magnesium. For our creatine, we're using nutrients to help get the creatine into the system. With our D3, we add coconut oil because that's synergistic and it's fat-soluble to help get into your system. Really, all of our products are built that way. Yeah, and, and speaking of products that are on the market that, that may be able to be improved upon, here's another question uh, from somebody 
looking, uh, they took the Braverman test and found that they were deficient in serotonin and GABA. They're using our serotonin brain food. Um, and because our GABA is not out, they're using Finibut right now. So they wanted to get our thoughts on Finibut. And, and I know that you can speak clearly and, and well on that. Yeah, well, Finibut's, it's very powerful. It's, it's a chemical form of GABA that's been modified to allow it to cross the blood-brain barrier. So it's very effective and it's very powerful and it works definitely. But because it's, it's, it's almost forcing it in, into your blood-brain barrier into a non-natural, in a non-natural way, it does have some side effects and it really shouldn't be taken more than a couple of times a week. Um, there are some kind of horror stories out there. If people take it really frequently, they have withdrawal symptoms and, and, you know, can't sleep and, and can't focus and, and they just need this thing. And it's, it's really, it's almost addictive. Um, you know, alcohol increases GABA and, and Fenibit I'd say is, 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 is almost like having four drinks <laughs> and it's not something to be played with. And, and it's not something you should be taking every, every day. You know, it's designed to get across the blood brain barrier, which is something we were talked about, but there, there are other interesting ways to help GABA get across the blood brain barrier. One of those ways is by increasing nitric oxide. And there's several studies to support this. So there are natural nutrients out there that can help increase nitric oxide to help the absorption of the GABA. That's something that you'll see in our stack as well. Yeah, and, and we'll probably have Abelard on the show in a couple of weeks when GABA is released to talk all about that uh, metabolic pathway for GABA as well as the, the formula and, and all of the ingredients. It, exactly, and all of our brain food products and all of our products in general are designed to be able to take every day. So... You, we're sticking with the natural vitamin and mineral precursors, uh, backing that up with functional herbs that can promote the natural production of GABA or slow the breakdown of GABA or whatever the thing is that we're trying to increase. So these are the natural building blocks. We're not skipping any metabolic steps. We're not forcing your brain into a state. We're providing all the nutrients it needs to naturally get there. So it's, it's not going to be as powerful or as potent as Fenibit, but it definitely has a defined effect, which you can feel, and you can take it every day safely. Yeah, that was going to be, that is one of our next questions is, you know, can we take the brain foods every day? Are they designed to be taken every day? Yes, exactly. Perfect. So when GABA does come out, how would it fit in with the rest of the brain food line? When, when would we use it? Well, each, each product is kind of a tool on your tool belt and that you can use in a different situation. So GABA itself is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So it actually um, reduces the amount of, of stimulation that a neurotransmitter can, can be. It reduces the excitement and it slows the transmission between the neurotransmitters. So it's relaxing. It's, it has a very calming effect. And for me, I would take it in the afternoon or evening when I'm trying to unwind um, reduce anxiety so you can kind of have more clear thoughts. And for me, it, it almost makes you more empathetic and, and able to focus on some deeper thoughts rather than some more, I'd say, top-level, you know, everyday things. It allows you to kind of get deeper and focus more on your feelings. Uh, <laughs> that sounds a little woo-woo, but 
but, but it's true. And it, it also helps with like awkward social situations. And it, it kind of like four drinks of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if you're going to, to meet someone for the first time or in a situation at work, maybe when you're, you're having a meeting with a bunch of colleagues that may not be your best friends, um, taking some GABA can really help ease that situation and, and help you act more naturally and, and almost ease the communication between people because you're in this calm, relaxed state. So those are the situations I would take it is, is if, if you're doing some public speaking or going to an awkward situation or, or trying to just in general reduce some anxiety at work, or at the same time, if you're just trying to unwind, it can really help um, later in the evening too with sleep. I've been experimenting a bit with that, taking it um, later in the night to, to really get some deeper, fall asleep faster and then be able to stay asleep in a deep state. Yeah, GABA has always helped me pass out and sleep like a baby. Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, and, really, and that's, that's with a formula that doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. I mean, that was just, you know, GABA from the vitamin store uh, off the shelf years ago. Right, no, it, it really does help with sleep and, and getting asleep, but at the same time, it doesn't knock you out. You know, it's not like taking... Uh, a bunch of melatonin or something, you can take it during the day just fine. And, and you're not going to all of a sudden feel like you're going to want to take a nap. But again, it relaxes you into that state where you can easily fall asleep if you wanted to. All right. So I, I know I'm excited. I know a lot of people are excited to see this one come out. So um, we already talked a little bit about some mushrooms. Um, I've got two questions left here at, at the end. Do you see anything, any other questions that we haven't covered? Uh, no, go for it. All right. What All we right. Got? Well, people want to know your daily routine, your stacks, your regimen, uh, what you do and why. So from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, take us a through a time. <laughs> take us through a day in Roy's life. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. I don't know if we have time. Um, recently I've, I've, I've been mixing it up a, a bit and, and trying to, trying to get away from, from the same consistency every day. So I used to first thing hang upside down every day. And now I'm, I'm kind of switching that up. Sometimes I'll do that in the afternoon or sometimes in the morning, I'll, I'll try to get more outside time. And I think just keeping it random, keeping it fresh is, is good for idea flow and, and, and just being more in the present. Mm -hmm. So I think with any routine, it, it's great to reevaluate every couple months and, and maybe mix it up. But always, you always know you can do that and go back to this state where you know this creates an optimal situation for you. Mm -hmm. But then keep, keep pushing, keep experimenting and, and you know, seeing if you can improve upon that. So that's that's really important. Um, I've also been at the same time, I've been kind of working on more structure. So I've been blocking out times in my calendar uh, a week or two in advance. And it will just be like a random time. Like Wednesday afternoon is Roy's study time. And I have several hours where it's just, okay, that's my personal time. I'm not going to work during that time. I'm going to read or I'm going to learn something new or I'm going to go on a walk. And then it's almost, it forces yourself to do that. You know, I, I get so busy and caught up that, and you forget about 
taking some time back to really relax and maybe read or learn something new. And, but if it's on your calendar, you know, you see it there. And, and maybe it won't happen at that time because you are busy, but then you can push it to a later time or push it to the next day and it's still on your calendar and you're still going to get something done in that space. So I've been playing with that, having more structure and planning things ahead a little bit. Uh, another thing that I've been doing more recently, now that the weather is, is turning a bit, is I've been doing really long walks in the woods. And I'm talking like two hours. Uh, so just going with, with my wife or my dog or both or, or by myself, um, usually early afternoon. So after I've done uh, a lot of the main work for the day, well, I got the day-to-day stuff taken care of. I'll, I'll try to step back and, and go on a long walk. And, and I found that I'm, by the time I get back, I have all kinds of ideas that I'm, I'm ready to implement. And it's, it just feels great. So that's something that I've really been enjoying recently. Uh, in the evening to unwind, I, I've been playing with GABA, which has been great. But also raw honey. And uh, shout out to, to Seth Roberts, who's no longer with us, one of the the pinnacle biohackers out there uh, has done a, a lot of research with the raw honey. And I've been fo- looking at his blog recently. What I've been doing is, is taking some, some goat yogurt and mixing in prebiotic our product prebiotic plus and, and the taste is great just right there. But then I'll add a, a full tablespoon of, of raw honey to that. And mix it up, and that's that's been my recent nighttime cocktail, and it it really puts me to sleep pretty well. So honey honey raises your blood glucose. Your brain needs this glucose to function. Sleep is a very complex thing in your brain, and if you don't have enough glucose at night, you can disrupt your sleep. And there's there's a bunch of studies that that prove this, and especially if if you're a pretty low carb person in general, and you're not consuming many carbs during the day if you get that little hit of hit of carbs at night especially in, in a natural form like raw honey it, it really does activate this this effect have you played around with that at all yeah actually when dave uh, asprey started talking about it a couple of years ago as his nighttime thing i played around with it um i've gotten away from it uh, when i started doing the prebiotic i have not mixed the two together which would be an interesting experiment um, I think the, the biggest, um, anecdotal evidence I, I have with it is, uh, there was a diabetic patient, um, uh, who was a member of the gym and, and I was helping him pretty intensely with his nutrition. And we actually, his, he was at the point where his doctor was about to put him on insulin injections. And I said, you know, look, beg him for three months and we'll turn this thing around. And, um, we got him to the point where, uh, eventually he was, uh, you know, no diabetes medication at all. Blood sugar was, you know, uh, always in the, the normal range. A1C was down, you know, in the sixes, uh, which was, was great. But in that transition period, when he was experiencing lower blood sugars, uh, lower blood sugar levels through the changes he was making, um, the medicine was, was almost like, you know, a sledgehammer when you needed you know, a tap and he was bottoming out at night. He'd wake up in the middle of the night with his blood sugar in the forties. Um, you know, I'm not in a position to say, Hey, stop taking your medicine. 
But, you know, look, you need to talk to your doctor and tell him that this is what's going on. Um, but in that intermediate time, we had him take honey at night right before he went to bed. And he could sleep through the night without waking up. So he'd wake up, you know, more rested. And, and he never had those blood sugar crashes. Um, so, you know, we, he wasn't hooked up to any machines. We don't have the science, but we know that, you know, he didn't crash. He didn't, you know, have any, any adverse effects. And it actually helped him kind of bridge that gap from, you know, really, really high blood sugar, really high levels of insulin medication, you know, to nothing and controlling diabetes on his own through diet and exercise. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so honey at night's a good thing. Yeah. Try it out. Try it out. And, yeah. and a lot of people are, especially in, in our space where people are ketogenic and mm-hmm. people are paleo and, and really reducing carbs, honey can be kind of a scary thing. You know what? I'm going to just consume all this sugar at night. Um, but it's actually, it's pretty powerful and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like you're just going to start packing on pounds because you have a little bit of honey at night. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things that has been an interesting lesson, um, over the last couple of years, the more I've gotten into biohacking and the more my um, thoughts have shifted in the in the world of nutrition and fitness is that, you know, there was a time where, you know, when I was all about bodybuilding or macros or, you know, I would have had that same response. It was like, oh, you want me to eat a, a teaspoon of honey? Like, no way. And especially at night, right before I go to bed. But yeah. I think now I think we we realize, and especially in this space, we realize that, that real health and, and, you know, real fitness is, you know, you can have a little bit of honey and if it's going to help you sleep, we know the benefits of sleeping better. And, you know, if, if your body is going to go haywire from a teaspoon of honey, there's probably a larger underlying problem, uh, with, with your metabolism. Right. Right. And I, and I feel like we are kind of in this Renaissance era of era of health where there's a lot more studies coming out and there's a lot more people doing the research and, and, expressing their research online and what they found with that research. So, um, is it John, John Kiefer? Yeah, Kiefer. Mm-hmm. Kiefer that has the carb backloading right. concept that, that he really has been talking about. And there's a lot of studies to back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting time to, to try to s- cipher through all the research really. Yeah. And everyone's kind of saying a slightly different thing and figuring out what's best for you. It's, it's fun stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Kiefer. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and I think the, the science that he presents in carb backloading is, is some of the most compelling and, and interesting science in how to structure your days and, and set up your, your, I guess, your nutrition plan and template. Um, I think personally, I follow, a, a, if you laid that and bulletproof diet as a Venn diagram, kind of where they intersect is where I sure. live. So, um, sure. I feel like I can... I do that as well, and I maybe also slow in a little Tim Ferriss slow carb in a a trifecta diagram there. Because I'll I'll eat some some beans and legumes and um, some more slow carbohydrates, but again in the evening where I'm using that carb backloading concept. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before we let you go, Roy, you have to answer the question that all of our guests answer. Not that you're a guest, but, and I know we said we wouldn't do this as if I were interviewing you, but you're here. We need your top three tips to live optimal. Uh, I feel like I've already given 10. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say number one, get outside and, and go for a long walk. Uh, really, that's been pretty amazing for me. And the, this 
body that we live in is designed to walk. And, you know, that's why we're on two legs and it, it just feels natural. And, and I'll go on a walk just in the neighborhood on, on the road and I, I get burned out pretty quick and like my knees will start to hurt or I'll just, <laughs> I'm ready to go home. But when I get out into the woods, I can really go for much farther. I don't really have any aches and pains. It's just my, my mind is in a better state, mm-hmm. but that's something that just, even if you aren't on a, a road, <laughs> uh, go ahead and walk for, for a while, for an hour, you know, and, and see how you feel afterwards. It's, it's pretty cool. I think a lot of people have done that, but nothing groundbreaking there, but go out for a walk. I like it. I like it. it. It's, it's simple, but it's profound. I've definitely been doing that a lot more and I will agree and, and second everything you just said. Do you have a, a time of day that you prefer to do that? I think it varies. I think what you said earlier about not being in a routine is a very big thing. Um, I, I think, I, I know we've talked about your lifting and exercise protocol before. I know you lift less frequently than I do. Um, If I'm going to lift, uh, like on a day like today, I I will lift uh, shortly after we record this, but I probably won't walk. uh, I may walk later in the day for a shorter one, um, but on the day where I don't lift, I typically will work uh, most of the day, and I find that I start to go stir crazy without uh, that break to move, because like you said, I mean, we're designed to move, so... I would either set it up to where I, I get up and walk first thing that morning or very much like you said, you get up, bang out the stuff that needs immediate attention, kind of get through that first wave and then take a break, walk, recharge, clear your mind, let those new ideas come in and then you you come in ready to implement for kind of that second phase. Because um, that's another thing that, that I don't think we're, we're not naturally designed if you will to to work you know that eight to five yeah Uh, that's not how our 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 biology doesn't suit or fit that so um to kind of break that up and work in bursts uh, you can be more productive and and you know in a better mood when you are working and also i found uh, segmenting my work so so in the morning and early afternoon, I'll focus on kind of the more day-to-day stuff. What needs to get done? Yeah. What are my main goals for the day? And I'll try to tackle those. And then the afternoon, I, I tend to work on more long-term projects. So that's writing or researching or, or, or bigger projects in general that require almost more of a creative brain, mm-hmm. um, almost more of a relaxed state. You, you can't really get there if you're in, kind of worked up trying to get things done yeah. for the day. Yeah. So I think that helps quite a bit too is, is, so you have these things you want to do today, but how can I structure them in your day to, to be the most effective at doing them? Yeah, that's a good point about like the creative work and, and you have to have the clutter gone in order to make right. these, come up with new ideas or make connections or, or to do new stuff. So whatever works for you as an individual, you need to find that process, um, and be able to be clutter free in your mind. Um, and I'm sure you can vouch for, you know, those, those bursts of ideas or aha moments. They come all the time and, and at random times. And usually when you're least, uh, expecting or, or wanting them to come through. Yeah. Okay. So here's my next tip is 
is I, I always have a yellow pad, um, yellow, yellow pad here. I'm pretty old school, but I'll, I'll write stuff down throughout the day. So I'll, I'll have my to-do list that I don't put an order to the to-do list first. So I, again, able to use my day in a flexible manner. It's not like I have to do this one first and this one second. Here's things I want to do. And I do them when it feels right. But having this paper allows you just to offload your ideas when they come quickly and easily. And then you can always refer back. And if you're, if you don't care on a, a yellow pad like I do, uh, just use your phone, you know, drop it in the notes or whatever you use to take notes. But being able to quickly offload the information allows you to get to the next step and, mm. and focus on the bigger picture things. So that's really important. That's funny. I use a yellow uh, legal pad as well for my to-do list. It's out of reach or I'd hold it up. But, and I do the note on my phone for more of like this thing just popped into my head. I, sure. I, I can usually voice speak it into the phone and then it syncs to my computer. And, and you know, I've got, I've got so many notes that, you know, and then when you're ready to do that, if it's an email or if it's a blog or an article, uh, whatever it is, it's there. You can copy it, paste it wherever you need it and just build out on that idea. Yeah, I use that too on my phone when I don't have my pad. You know, I prefer to write down things. I feel like I'm, I'm learning it again and I'm memorizing it. And also having a, a notebook by my bed because sometimes when I'm trying to relax, I all of a sudden I have these ideas and yep. I can't relax until I get them out of my head. And I have to, okay, I'll worry about that tomorrow, but at least I don't have to remember to worry about it tomorrow. Right, right. So Absolutely. that's another, a good time to have a, a notepad. Yep. All right, so notes or notepad, walk outside, one more. One more. All right, you're really pushing today. Um, one more. I'd say just try something new. Uh, switch up your routine. And if that's don't drink coffee for a day or, or you know, spend more time outside or, or try raw honey at night, uh, whatever it is, a different workout routine, hanging upside down, uh, Try doing some stretching. I think most people just don't stretch. And for me, it's it's kind of something I do every day to just loosen up my body and feel like I I don't have these blocks and, and energy spots where my knee's tight and my back's tight. And just being loose helps everything else. I don't, is that a point? Uh, I like try that. something new. Yeah, yeah, try something new. I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. And you make a good point about being tight, you know. If we can't move the way we're designed to, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the foundation on which everything else is is built, especially physical performance. You know, if you want to run fast or jump high, that's that's the performance expression of you know those foundations, and and you know, we can't do that if we don't have, uh, you know, if you can't do a bodyweight squat, you're certainly not going to squat 500 pounds. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it depends how much you weigh, right? <laughs> well, <it's> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, Roy, this has been great. Um, we're going to let you go because you probably have other things to do. Our listeners have, um, you guys have certainly gotten a lot of information today. So um, please, if you guys have thoughts or feedback on this format for the podcast, let us know. Um, leave us a comment, however you consume the, the podcast, whether it's iTunes, the blog, YouTube videos, whatever it is, let us know your thoughts. And um, we will, like we said earlier, we'll, we'll tailor this uh, to, to make this a, a, a the ultimate resource for you uh, to the best of our ability. Nothing stuck. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.